It's hard to see our young adult children wondering how faith and career fit together when they see adventure and opportunity on one hand and a broken world on the other. For almost 40 years, Redeemer University has provided students the time to explore and ask, where is God in this? While they study and prepare to become the next generation of Christian leaders, Redeemer is where faith and future come together, so they're ready for the road ahead. Ready for what? Ready for anything. Visit and apply at Redeemer.ca. We just think, I can't do this. I don't have enough strength. I can't handle the people's stares. I can't handle the comments. But just know that God has a good plan for you, and He can bring beauty out of something that's really hard. That's a woman who was facing a difficult teenage pregnancy, and it wasn't easy, but God has done a miracle in her life through the past few decades. You'll hear more from Tricia Goyer on today's Focus on the Family. And thanks for listening. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, Tricia Goyer, uh, she was boy crazy. That's probably the best way to describe it, as long as she could remember. And uh, she had her first crush, I think, in fourth grade, which isn't always uh, different. That's kind of normal. Her first kiss in eighth grade and her first baby just after she graduated high school. Um, That wasn't exactly the plan. But God is using her story to help thousands of teenagers, uh, not just in the United States, but literally around the world. Uh, She's author of the book Teen Mom and joins us here at Focus today. Welcome back, Tricia. Thank you so much. It's great being back again. Talk about um, your upbringing a bit. Um, Were you in a Christian home or did, you know, what led you to be boy crazy? You know, I was born to a single mom, so she had me in college. I didn't know my biological dad until I was 28 years old. I found him when I was 28. And um, my mom married my stepdad when I was four. And he was kind of the silent figure in the lazy boy. He was there, but not really involved in my life. So I think I was really just had that hole in my heart for a male's affection. And so at a young age, just was interested in boys, started dating in eighth grade, became sexually active as a very young girl, just trying to fill that void, just wanting to be loved in ways I didn't find at home. My mom became a Christian when I was in the second grade. And so from the second grade on, I started going to church. But really, that was like a separate part. Sunday was going to church and learning about God, but the rest of the time, I just did my own thing. Tricia, I want to emphasize that for uh, the parents listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say today our purpose is to encourage teen moms uh, particularly, but also the parents and grandparents of those girls and boys. In fact, I was thinking this will be a good thing for my boys to listen to together and talk about it. Uh, use it as a tool to talk about um, what it means to be a man. Uh, with my two boys, and if you have daughters, what it means to be that daughter of God, that Eve. And so as you listen today, um, there may be some really straightforward stuff that we're talking about, but I would encourage you as a parent not to put your head in the sand, because whether your kids are in public school, Christian school, or even homeschooled, Um, they know of people who are sexually active, who talk about it at least. And uh, that's the purpose for us talking about it today. So again, I appreciate your willingness to be so honest. Uh, Talk about um, that 15-year-old Tricia. Uh, What was going on in that part of your life and at that moment? Here you are going to church on Sunday, but if I could say it this way, messing around the other days of the week. Absolutely. And I I could say I loved God. I I wanted to live a good life, but I think I just wanted that relationship with a boyfriend too. And at 15 years old, I found myself pregnant. 
and very scared, very um, felt alone. My boyfriend wanted me to have an abortion, and I thought, this is the way out. I didn't want to have to tell my godly grandmother that I was pregnant. I didn't want to have to go to church pregnant and thought abortion is the answer. I actually went to Planned Parenthood. Um, and they said, you know, it's just a blob of tissue. We're just going to scrape away a few cells. It'll be over before you know it. You can go on with your life. You never have to think about it. And as a 15-year-old, I clung to that. I thought, okay, this is it. Um, had never really heard about the sanctity of life in church, in youth group, never really thought about it. It was just, this is an easy way out. Would that have made a difference, do you think, in your mind at that time, if they would have talked about it? I think so. I think so. And just, I mean, someone just would have shared truth with me. Yeah. I think I would have made a different decision. But they just offered, you know, we're just scraping some cells away. It'll be over before yeah, you know Yeah, you it. had no counterbalance to what they were saying to you. Absolutely. Did your parents know you went to Planned Parenthood? Yeah, my mom was there. Yeah, she was mom. there with you. And, then, you know, she's, again, a Christian mom. And I think we were both just, okay, how do we get rid of this? How looking, do we Looking for a solution. How, looking for a solution. And they gave us an easy way out. Or so we thought. Talk about the months and maybe even years after that. Um, did that boyfriend stick with you or was that all, all over at that point? I was with the same boyfriend for a couple of years and that was my second pregnancy was with the same boyfriend. And I think I thought because I had an abortion, I need to make this relationship work because I gave up this child to be with him because he wanted me to have an abortion. So I need to make it work even though it was a bad relationship. He was physically abusive at times. and um, But I, I sacrificed so much I felt to be with him. Let me ask you this for that that heart longing Mm -hmm. that you talked about a moment ago. Did you think this was the young man? I mean, literally a teenage boy. Was he the one you thought you would marry? Was that your girl's heart? You know, I think every young girl thinks that. I mean, that's why they they want that love. And they give themselves physically because they think, this is the person I'm going to be with. This is the person I'm going to marry. Looking back, he was not marriage material, but I just wanted that so desperately. Well, and you weren't mature, I'm sure, at that age. And even talking about it with your mom, certainly probably not your dad. I don't know your parents, but I'm just thinking generally. That would be a very difficult discussion with a 16, 17-year-old girl to be that open with her parents about the guy she's dating. Did you have that kind of conversation? Not at all. Not at all. It was just, it's my boyfriend, and they really didn't have any say, and um, I was just going on with my life how I wanted to live it. Um, After the abortion, it was a very dark time. I think I put up lots of walls. I felt numb inside, just kind of going through the motions, Mm. Um, faced a lot of shame, faced a lot of regret. Um, really was really going through my high school years kind of almost as a zombie because I couldn't deal with those emotions. So it's better to, to shut off all emotions. Yeah, that's a good way to describe that emotion, that, that feeling. Um, talk about being pregnant a second time. You said with the same guy, you're 18, 17? I was 17 years old. And what was the discussion then with this young man? You know, I, it was my senior year of high school and a lot of young women, um, get pregnant a second time wanting that baby, wanting to kind of redeem what they did. And here I was a senior in high school as a cheerleader. I was on the yearbook staff, honor roll student. And as soon as I found out I was pregnant, um, I knew that I was going to have the baby. And I ended up telling my boyfriend and we'd been on and off and actually saw him with another girl in the car, had him, my mom was with me, flagged him over and told him I was pregnant. And he said, you need to have another abortion. And I said, there's no way I'm going to have another abortion. And that was it. We broke up. Um, he was dating that other girl in two weeks, and I just knew that I wanted to have the baby. I dropped out of school, um, was really sleeping till noon, really depressed, felt alone. 
Um, but it was during that time, I think my darkest moment, that I realized how much I needed God. You know, people that have not gone through that, Tricia, find it hard. I mean, we're rational. We're thinking, why would she do that? Why would she be pregnant a second time? Didn't she learn anything the first time? Uh, talk about the feeling of that and and maybe even the the answer to the question, why why would you go down the same road and expect a different outcome. Absolutely. I don't think I purposely meant to get pregnant, <laughs> but once I was, I knew I wanted to have the baby. And I think a lot of young women, um, they do think there's going to be a baby that loves them. There's going to be someone there for them. There's going to be someone, if, even if this relationship doesn't work, I have a piece of this relationship. And so all those things were going through my mind as I found out I was pregnant again. Um, in that two-year period, what changed your heart? I mean, did anything change your heart or did did you just feel differently that you wanted to keep this baby? Well, I discovered that um, my baby had arms and legs and a heartbeat. So a, a lot of regret of having the abortion. Um, really, I realized that I made a bad choice. And I realized that I took a child's life. Um, and then the second time, I just knew I wasn't going to make that decision again. Oh. Um, talk about uh, meeting your husband, John. Here you are, uh, pregnant, I think. Um, how did you and your husband, John, meet? Well, you know, before that, um, it was I was about six months along, and my mom and my grandma's Bible study group reached out to me. They gave me a baby shower, and they invited me to Bible study. They invited me to church, and I just realized, I woke up one day and said, if these women still love me, maybe God does too. And I gave my life to him. I started reading my Bible, praying, and I started praying for a future husband. I thought it would be years down the road. You know, I signed up for college, and I'm going to have to be on my own for a while. Um, but God answered that prayer quicker than I thought. The day Corey was born, it was three weeks after my high school graduation. I ended up graduating with my class. Um, and I had Corey and went home the same day. You know, I'm 17, so have a baby, head home. And that night, um, I got a call from my grandma. She said, John Goyer is coming over. And that was my pastor's name. I thought, okay, the pastor's coming over. And she said, no, it's his son's coming over. And John had been um, kind of ahead of the young people in the church. The youth and minister. Youth minister. He, it was a very small church. So they would do outings or ski trips. And he just came over to bring a uh, teddy bear and a card and just say congratulations. And I'm like, oh, you're kind of cute. Um, but no, it was literally the day Corey was born that he came over to see me and to see the baby and just to wish us good luck. Mm. Let me do this. We've got John here. I want to bring John into the conversation mm. and uh, talk to both of you about this. Uh, John, welcome to Focus on the Family. Thank you, Jim. Um, you are kind of the knight in shining armor. How old are you at this point when Trisha was 17? I was 22 at the time. 22. Did you think, were you just fulfilling your pastoral duties or did you have a little bit of an objective? Um, at that time, just the pastoral duties. Um, my, As Trish mentioned, my dad had planted a church, and it was a really small church, and I was starting to work with the uh, young adults and the high teens, just trying to give them a connection and community inside our church. And Trish had started attending, and I saw this uh, this young lady getting was getting more and more visibly pregnant over the time, but I saw passion in her for serving God, something that I hadn't seen before. And that's when I started to notice her, actually, at that time. Um, she'd been coming off and on before that for a couple of years, but that was the first I actually really noticed her that way. Now, if I remember correctly in the story, as we talked about it, um, your grandmother, perhaps, or your mom, I can't remember who, uh, warned you that Trisha's not the kind of girl you want to get to know. <laughs> yeah, this was a couple of years prior. Uh, I was in church, and um, at that time I was still in the Marine Corps, 
And so I would come on the weekends periodically to visit. And I was in the second to the last row of our little church and the door opened behind me and someone came in. And so it was like right at the end of worship. So I turned around to greet them and it was Trisha and her mother. And I was stunned. I thought she was the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen. So after church, I went to my mom and said, who was that girl that was sitting behind me? And she said, that's Trisha, and she is bad news. Stay away from her. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. Mm. Trisha, I mean, that's not, uh, we're kind of nervously laughing about that, but that is what happens. Um, what kind of spot were you in? How could you go to church? You said you, you know, you went to church with your mom. You gave your life to the Lord in some way, but not in every way. Um, how do you reconcile that? Uh, and speak, I think, generally to the teen girl who has these uh, desires that aren't holy, they're not appropriate, um, and you're living kind of like two lives. Absolutely. Well, I, I really think I dedicated my life to God when I was pregnant. That was the moment of decision before that. I went to church. I loved God. I knew the songs, but I hadn't committed my life to him. And I think it's easy to go to church. You know the routine. You know this. You sit in service. You have your friends there. I pass note with my friends during service. So really, I, would, I enjoy church, and I think I loved God, and I think I wanted to be a good person. But my desire for that love and that fulfillment, that hole in my heart, just drew me into the arms of this young man. Yeah. And so I think... Um, it was really just, it wasn't like living two lives. It was like I wasn't complete because I hadn't given myself completely to God. And so I was trying to complete myself in this relationship, but of course, which is, of course is not where we find completeness and wholeness in another person. Right. Let me ask this on behalf of the parents of teenagers, which I am one. And John, you are too. If you, as a parent, have an observation that maybe one of your kids, maybe two of your kids or more, uh, don't seem to be on the right track. You may go to church every Sunday, but you can see there's something gnawing at you that they don't get it, that they haven't fully committed their life to the Lord, that they're holding back. And you may not even know in what ways because they block it mm-hmm. from you, you, your ability to see it fully. But their friends at school know who they are, right. maybe better than you as the parent. How can a parent, now that you are one, um, how can a parent be better at those observational skills? What questions could your mom and dad ask you back then to draw you out a bit more, to talk about that hole in your heart? What advice would you give us? You know, I think so many times um, we do the parenting stuff. We make sure they have clothes. We make sure they have food. They have gas money for their car. But we don't spend that time with them and say, what's going on in your life? What's going on in your heart? Do you think this relationship's a good relationship? Is this guy marriage material? Or um, So many times we're so busy doing the parenting part, we just don't take time to sit down and talk with them and see what's really going on in their heart. What are you reading in your Bible? Is God speaking to you in your life? Or what do you think about God? I mean, any of those questions, it may even be uncomfortable at first to have these open conversations, or have you thought about being sexually active? Or are you drawn in that way to you know spend time with your boyfriend in ways, in healthy ways? I think the more we can ask questions, teens want us to have that relationship with them. This is Focus on the Family, and today we're hearing some great advice from Trisha Goyer and her husband, John. And uh, we've got Trisha's book, Teen Mom, You're Stronger Than You Think, as well as additional resources to have those conversations with your teen at focusonthefamily.ca. More from the Goyers when Focus on the Family continues. 
Focus on the Family Canada's Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program is a proven program designed to save couples from the brink of divorce. For over 15 years, Hope Restored Marriage Intensives have helped more than 4,500 couples, and over 80% of those surveyed are still together two years after attending. If you or someone you know is facing a crisis in their marriage, please call Focus on the Family Canada today at 1-833-999-HOPE or visit hoperestoredcanada.ca to find out more. Focus on the Family Canada wants to inspire teen girls to grow in their faith with a new and improved Brio magazine. By nearly doubling the size of each magazine, teen girls will love the fresh new design, including more articles, interviews, and daily devotions focused on a growing faith in Christ. Inspire teen girls to grow in their faith. Order your subscription today at briomagazine.ca. That's briomagazine.ca. Or call 1-800-8-FAMILY. Here's your Deeks Insurance tip of the day for controlling your rising insurance premiums. Increase your current deductibles. No matter what the savings are in today's marketplace, higher deductibles will help control your rising insurance premiums. For more helpful tips and your no-obligation quote on your current insurance, call Deeks Insurance, 1-800-240-5283, deeksinsurance.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Uh, John, let me come back to you because there's a beautiful story here about your redemptive heart toward Tricia. And I want to capture that because a lot of people can't comprehend why you, a pastor's son, would see in a girl who is pregnant at 17 um, could be the object of your attention and someone that you would want to marry. It seems incongruent. Talk about your heart for her and how the Lord worked on you to say she is my daughter and she is valuable, even though she's made poor choices. We actually grew up in different, very contrasting families. Um, My mom and dad were always together. I never doubted my parents would ever be together. They still are. We celebrated their 50th anniversary just a year ago. And... uh, does that mean they didn't argue or they didn't? Uh... Oh, they argued often <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and sometimes in front of us, yeah. And uh, but they always worked it out. And I, they went through some very difficult times. Uh, my dad was affected by the recession back in the early 70s, lost his job, didn't have work for a long time. That was when God actually called him into ministry during that time. And uh, very difficult times with a lot of stress in our home. My mom was waitressing for a long time, but they always worked it out. So I I grew up in a home where I believe that um, relationships were commitments. And I grew up in a home where um, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to be stick it out and get in there. Mm. And my parents showed me what a healthy family looked like. And so um, I wasn't intimidated by it. I was pretty much comfortable with the idea of being a dad. And um, I was just okay with that. But it really wasn't on my mind when I first went to go see her. Uh, when I took her the card and the teddy bear, we visited for just a little bit, um, but it accelerated rather quickly. Um, we went on our first date just a couple of weeks later. And uh, so here we are on this date. Uh, Trish and I took her to her first real date she'd ever been on. It was a dinner and a movie. And uh, we sit in a sit-down restaurant with a waitress, and the waitress walks up and says, what a cute little baby. You must be a very proud daddy. And I was like, thanks. 
<laughs> just kind of brushed it off. At this point, you know, it was just our first date. That's all it was. And, and but uh, you brought the baby with you. I did. Oh my yes. yeah. he, he was, was there. He was there um, every date we ever went on. Um, our little baby was there, and uh, he was all the way to the end. In fact, the first time we ever left him behind was on our weekend getaway honeymoon. And when we got married, that was the first time okay. he didn't go with us. But John, I got to ask you, man to man. I mean, how at twenty two did you have the maturity to say, I can do this and I can embrace this child that's not my own. That is amazing to me. I don't know that I can even explain that one because I just felt like I was okay with it. I think I really believe that was just a God thing in my heart. Uh, always loved kids. I was did children's ministry when I uh even as a teenager, helped my mom in children's church as a kid and then led children's ministry as a child and even went on to lead a children's ministry in Montana for fifteen years. Trisha, you, you talked a moment ago about um, you know encouraging girls to pray for their future mm-hmm. husbands. How in the world did you end up with John? I mean, this I guy know. sounds golden. <laughs> I know. I, I love that. You know, when we pray, you never know how God is going to answer those prayers. And I honestly thought it would be years and years before God answered that prayer. Um, and as soon as we went on our first date and just he shared about God and what he wanted for his future, I'm like, I'm not letting this one go. What's I going mean, through your mind, though? I mean, here you are, a new mom. How many weeks? It was the two baby? weeks. Two he weeks was... old, and you go out on your first date. Mm-hmm. Your first real date right. as a 17-year-old mom. Um, man, what was going through your there mind? There was a lot of embarrassment, and you know, especially when, like the waitress says, oh, you should be a proud daddy. I was just so embarrassed for him. But he just, the way he handled it, he just handled it with ease and with humor, and he was okay with it. It made me realize that God had brought me someone that could love me and my son. And that's really what I prayed during my pregnancy, that God would bring someone that loved him and that could love me and love my son. And, and he answered that and prayer. And he answered that prayer. Um, move forward now. So you get married. How many months after you met did you get married? Nine months Nine later. Months. Yeah. I mean, so again, all this is <laughs> I happening. I was not going to let him go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you guys did. You just said, let's do this. We know that we're in love and that we're meant for each other. How did you um, embrace God's, uh, I guess, God's perspective on all of this? How did you feel spiritually at that moment with a child from a different person as a teenager? How did you correlate all that and and kind of put it to bed or or did it bring up emotions for you? You know, what I wanted was to forget the past. I wanted to be the good little Christian wife. We had two more kids almost right away. Um, So we had three under the age of five. And I just thought I can go on with my life. I could be this young Christian mom. No one has to know that Corey was a product of teen pregnancy. But, you know, people would say, how old are you? How old's your son? You could see them adding up in their mind. How long have you been married? And so it would bring up, and I felt uncomfortable. I felt ashamed still. Um, I just wanted to go on and not have to think about that again. But God really showed me that, no, he wanted me to not push that in the back because there were other young women that were dealing with the same thing. Uh, Did that um, memory of the abortion come back to haunt you at all? I mean, how did you process that three, four, five years or particularly after you married John, how did you talk to him about what had happened? When when did you two talk about that? I told him when we were still dating um, that I had an abortion, and he says, you know, God forgave you, and I, I forgive you too, because I was just so ashamed, and just knowing that he knew. Um, but it would come back. I would have almost flashbacks in my mind. I would always think of like, oh, my child would be this old, this age, and um, where would I be, and was it a boy or a girl? I, that It never went away. Um, and 
I think it it did. I still was walking numb part ways. And it was during, um, after we moved to Montana, I went to a church service and they, this woman stood up and she said, I had an abortion when I was 19 and I'm leading an abortion. I was leading a Bible study for women that had abortions. And I'm like, I, first of all, I couldn't believe that she was standing up in front of everyone because I didn't even tell my best friends. John knew, of course, the baby's father knew. My mom knew, but nobody, no, my friends, I didn't mention it. And I just couldn't believe that she would stand up there and talk about it. Um, and she led the Bible study. It took me till the day the Bible study started to call her up because I was just so embarrassed and ashamed. But when I walked in that room and saw six other women that had an abortion, we all shared our stories. It was like this burden lifted, like I don't have to carry this alone anymore. Uh. And it, it just brought this freedom and this this peace um, to know that there's other women out there. You know, you think you're the only one. You're the only one carrying the shame. You're the only one carrying the burden. And just seeing them and realizing they knew and they loved me and John knew and he loved me and God knew and he loved me. It just brought so much freedom. That strength, mm-hmm. the power of love. Uh, Tricia, I'm sure there is a mom, maybe a teen girl listening to the program right now. Uh, we don't know. I know the reach is far and wide. Yes. Um, speak to her heart, either as the mom or as that teen girl. And can I ask you to pray today? Mm-hmm. To Absolutely. pray specifically for their decision to choose life for that child that has uh, come into this world in an unexpected way, mm-hmm. but is still made in the image of God. Absolutely. Can you do that? Yes. Dear God, I just thank you so much. Lord, I thank you um, that you know this heart, Lord. You know this young woman, God. And I just pray peace. I pray for strength. And I pray that she will just realize that you have a good plan for her life. Um, she may not think that she can handle this right now, Lord, but you know her and you know this child, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will bring people into her life that will encourage her and strengthen her and that she will not walk in shame, God. Um, I just pray that even as she's making decisions about her future, that you will just remind her that you have a good and perfect plan. And I thank you for all these things. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Trisha Goyer, her husband, John, it's uh, been great to talk to you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks, John. Well, if you're facing an unplanned pregnancy and you need help, please don't hesitate to call us here at Focus on the Family. You are not alone. We have caring Christian counselors who would love to hear your story and offer some encouragement. It's a free service that we offer because generous donors have stepped up and made that possible. And there's also an online counseling request form for you. You can fill that out at focusonthefamily.ca. And we'll be in touch just as soon as we can to schedule a time to talk. Uh, John, I keep thinking about what Tricia said towards the beginning of our conversation. Uh, If she would have known her baby had arms, legs, and a heartbeat, she would have chosen to carry that child full term instead of choosing abortion. And it hurts my heart to think that that simple knowledge of her baby's development might have changed everything for her and saved uh, her baby's life. And what a lifetime of regret she will face. And that's why I'm so thankful for our Option Ultrasound ministry here at Focus on the Family. Uh, We have a team of supporters, most of them listeners of this broadcast, who are committed to equipping pregnancy medical clinics across the country with ultrasound machines. And just as Tricia said, we found that when abortion-minded moms see an ultrasound and get some counseling, over half of them are moved to choose life for their baby. 
Would you consider joining our Option Ultrasound team? Uh, we have the metrics, and every $60 you give saves a baby from abortion. If you can't afford that, a one-time gift will help. And again, our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. Or you can donate and request Trisha's book, Teen Mom, You're Stronger Than You Think, at focusonthefamily.ca. And be sure to mark your calendar for the digital premiere of our pro-life event, Sea Life 2020. It's on Saturday, September 26th, and we've got all the details at our website. Next time, you'll be hearing some simple ideas to connect with your spouse and really make a difference in the relationship. I love to say that more marriages might survive if people remembered that better often comes after worse. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ. Christ.